Hey guys, my name is Scott Niemeyer and I'm the lead pastor of High Point Church in Friendswood, Texas. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We believe that church is not just an event you attend, it is a family that you belong to. We also believe that it's God's plan for every person on their spiritual journey to know God, to find some freedom from your past so that you can discover your purpose and ultimately you can make a difference. And we exist as a church to help you on that journey. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by today's message. Let's jump in and let's get started. Father, we thank you for today, God. We thank you that we have this opportunity to be able to be together. God, I thank you for our church and our church family. God, we thank you that as we are exploring this idea of hearing from heaven, God, I know that whenever we pray that you hear us. But God, I also know that you are, you are wanting to speak to us, God, that we can actually hear you from heaven. And God, we thank you right now that as we go a little deeper into this, uh, that God, that you would show us some new revelation. I thank you, God, that the word that goes out today, God, would produce revelation in people's lives. And God, I thank you that when we get revelation, it always takes us to a place of action. And so God, I just pray that that takes place in each one's heart today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Everybody said, Amen. all right, y'all with me? Uh, y'all, you may notice that my voice has gotten deeper over the last seven days, and uh, I've been uh, getting over a little bit of a cold. Either that or I uh, finally hit puberty. I'm not sure which one it is, but uh, either way, uh, uh, it's going to be okay. So uh, here from heaven, this is our, our last message in this series, and we are learning that when we pray, uh, that God does hear us, Right? Uh, but we're also learning that whenever um, God speaks to us, that we can also hear his voice. And I, I love that. Here's, here's the thought, though, that I want to kind of drill down into today, is that God has a plan for all people. Let me just say this real quick. I think that could be the most powerful statement that anybody has ever heard. If you begin to really open up your, your heart and your mind to the idea that your creator has a plan for you, it'll really begin to allow your life to make sense. And so God has a plan for all people, and we can look to his word, which is what we're going to do today, as a way for us to really hear from heaven and be able to discover what that plan is. Like, what is God's plan? Maybe you, you've heard preachers say that before. Man, God has a plan for your life. Hey, man, come on. God's got something good for you. God's got a plan for your life. But like, how do we begin to understand and realize what that plan is? How do we discover what that plan is? And, and how does that plan, how is that plan communicated and delivered to you as a person? And I think it's very powerful that we begin to kind of look at this. All throughout God's word, he has revealed a pattern for his people. Now, I want you to kind of stay with me here because this is a very powerful thing, which means I can take you to the beginning of the Bible. I can take you to every story all the way through the Bible. I can actually take you Old Testament, New Testament to several different places, and I can show you that God has a plan for people. And that his plan follows actually a process of how he brings uh, his revelation of who he is into your life and brings you along as a disciple and as a follower of Jesus Christ. 
uh, in the New Testament, I want you to know that this plan is delivered. Catch this. This plan is delivered in the New Testament, which is where we live, through the local church. Now, not many people will stand up and tell you that, but I want you to understand that there is a reason that God has drawn you to a local church. And it's not just so you can show up on Sunday, feel better about yourself, and think, you know what, I did good this week, I went to church. No, it's really a whole lot more than that, that when you come and begin to open up your heart and life, that God will begin to reveal himself to you and begin to reveal this plan to you by being connected to a local body of believers. Now, here is the pattern, and it can be said in many different ways, and I'm going to probably say it in three different ways today, but ultimately, God wants to be in relationship with every one of you. God doesn't want you to know him from afar. He doesn't want you to to just witness and look at something and be able to know about something but not know him personally. He wants to be in relationship with every one of us. He also wants you to have some freedom in your life. Every single person in here, I promise you, there is one thing in your life that if it was not present in your life, your life would be better, which means we all can experience freedom in our life. Thank you, bud. I mean, which means we can all experience freedom in our life. In fact, I believe it's God's plan that you not stay in bondage, that you not be bound up to anything, that he actually provides freedom. In fact, Jesus says it this way. He says, in fact, the, the word of the Lord says it this way about Jesus, who the son sets free is free indeed. So God's plan is for you not just to be in relationship with him, but to you have, for you to have freedom in areas of your life that maybe you are struggling with and that you're bound with. And let me just tell you, most of those things come from our childhood. I, I could go back to my childhood. Many of you guys have heard my testimony. Man, I could go back to my childhood and just say, I believe that my childhood messed me up as a person. I mean, from, from divorced home to uh, alcoholism to all sorts of things, brokenness that I saw, abuse, all these different things that I really think to myself, man, it's a miracle that I am where I am today in my life, but I'm telling you, I found out that God had a plan for my life. Like I said, it can be the most powerful thing that you can ever experience. I stepped into relationship with him, and then I began to realize that he had some freedom for me. And I didn't have to be ashamed for the things that were in my life because many of them were created and passed into my life based upon the situation that I was raised in. And so I have to be able to understand, though, that greater is he that's on the inside of me now through relationship than anything that's in this world, which means I have the power to overcome anything. It's part of God's plan. It's freedom. Then I began to realize that once I got some freedom, that now As my focus could shift, now God had something for me to do, and I needed to discover what my purpose was. The only way that I really begin to do that is begin to to realize, hey, God, is there something that you want me to do? And there was always, like, things that I had eyes for. I always had eyes. Catch this. I always had eyes for helping people. I always could look at someone and think to myself, if I could just say this to them, get them in relationship with the Lord like I am, I could see something happening in there. And then there was a desire on the inside of me to begin to tell them what the future could look like for them. 
So I followed that purpose into ministry, into becoming a youth pastor, and the underlying theme in every message I ever preach as a youth pastor is this, is God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You are not, you're not going to stay where you are. God wants to take you somewhere else, and he actually made you, he wired you, he gave you eyes for certain things that are just, uh, they're very specific to you. And that whenever you begin to step out and understand that's why you are that way, all of a sudden you can begin to realize that God has a purpose for your life. And we're going to talk about how all this works together. And then, of course, the last thing is action. So relationship, freedom, purpose, and action. Ultimately, once you discover your purpose, you can't sit there and do nothing with it. You can't just sit there and be like, okay, Okay, thanks God for this great purpose. Thanks for putting these things on the inside of me. I think I will just use these things to better my life here on this earth. First of all, it's okay for you to better your life here on this earth with the things that God's put on the inside of you, but I'm gonna, hear, I'm gonna tell you right now, your life will not make sense until you get connected to using the gifts that you have to help somebody else. It will never make sense. So relationship, freedom, purpose, and action. Let's talk about how the apostle Paul in the New Testament began to really look at this revelation and he began to sort it out. So I want you to kind of find yourself in the principles and the ideas and the revelation that Paul got. So in Ephesians chapter three, verse number eight, it says this. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, First of all, this is the guy that wrote most of the New Testament. So if he's the guy that wrote most of the New Testament, isn't it crazy, first of all, to begin to understand that this is the way he felt about himself? He, he couldn't even see that he was worthy enough. He couldn't even see that. He said, listen, I'm the least deserving of all of God's people, which means I come from the craziest background. I got the most messed up family. I, I used to be this. I used to like be a Christian killer and now leading people to the slaughter and now here I am serving the Lord. And so this, he, he's processing this and I, I can see some of you right now processing this same thought. God, I, I know Pastor Scott, I know that God has a plan for my life, but who am I? Who am I that I could ever step up and do something for him? And he goes on to say this. He says, I am the least deserving of all God's people. He graciously, though, gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. And I want you to, I want you to listen to this. So he's now understanding after he's had his conversion, his relationship, he switched because God got his attention. He got, has a relationship with God now. And now he's moving into this figuring out what my purpose is. And he says, so God, he graciously gave me the privilege. Think of your calling the same way, that he graciously gave you the privilege. One of the things that I tell myself, Kelly and I talk about it all the time, is every time before I walk out here, I want you to know, and I think about this, it is a privilege for me to walk out here and be on this platform. It's a privilege for me to be able to use the giftings that God's given me to be able to help people. It's a privilege. It's what Paul's saying here. He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. So he's, what he's saying here is that, listen, he's given me this, this 
opportunity, this privilege to really be able to, to, to convey this message about how good Christ is and, and uh, really about all the endless treasures that are available to them. And I feel the same way today. And I want you to begin to feel the same way, that your purpose, when you begin to connect it to the kingdom of God, you will begin to be the conduit and the conveyors of endless treasures into people's lives around you. There are people hurting all around every one of us, and God wants wants to use you to be able to help those people. Verse number nine, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God has. It's this mysterious plan, right? The creator of all things has, had kept secret from the beginning. Now catch this. Remember I talked about these four things, this process, this plan that God has for all people. And I told you that it's delivered now in our life through the local church. Verse number 10, God's purpose in all of this was to use what? To use what? To use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So first of all, what I want you to see here is that God's purpose and his plan can be delivered to you by being connected to the local church. Another translation says it is the body of Christ, the church, where the manifold wisdom of God actually comes out into your life. And so when you begin to understand that being connected to a body of believers doesn't make us weaker, it makes us better because we're better together. And his plan is that you have a gift and I have a gift and you 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 have a gift and everybody has a gift. Whenever he begins to bring us all together, we will be fitly joined together, every joint supplying one to another. And let me just tell you right now, when you're not here, you are missing missing. When you're not connected, God's like, bro, I need you to be the elbow. I need you to be the shoulder. I need you to be the leg. I need you to be the mouthpiece. I need you to be the brains. Come on, somebody. Like, like I need you to be able to connect together with other believers so we can go do something amazing and change this world that we know. So he says this, God's purpose is and all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. Verse number 11, this was his eternal plan. I want you to know right now, we all are living our life on a temporary plan. It's okay. All of us have a part of our life that we live on a temporary plan. How many of you got up today and maybe had some breakfast? Maybe you had some, some coffee Maybe you maybe even, man, if you exercise on a Sunday morning, let's go. I'm really happy for that. That's really awesome. Maybe you got up and exercise. Today you're going to maybe go home and watch some football. Maybe you're going to get up from your nap and think, you know what? We should go to Dream Team night tonight. Let's show up at 530 for that free date, you know? And so you got all these things. You're going to go to work. You're going to put some money in a bank account. You're going to buy things on this earth. And every single thing that we do to operate in this plan is not eternal because you will not take any of it with you. Which means there's an eternal part of you. That's what this is all about. The church is all about the eternal. But what I begin to understand and discover is that I could live my life right now and have part of me uh, affecting and impacting the eternal part of other people. 
which means it's what's going to show up forever. See, we can't take stuff with us, but we can take people with us. We, we, we can begin to take each we can take each other and begin to, to understand that we are on this mission together, if you will. It says, because of Christ, verse 12, and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So his plan is that we can begin to understand our purpose and begin to come into his presence. Uh, the church can help move you from your current reality to the God-destined future that he has for you. The church can help you move from where you are to the purpose and the destiny that God has for your life. A.W. Tozer says it this way, God does not struggle to apply knowledge in any given situation. God's wisdom sees everything in focus, catch this, in relationship to all, and God is able to work everything out to flawless precision. What does that mean, that God is able to work this plan in every single one of our lives, and it's actually happening right, happening right now because you're here today in your life. The opportunity is right before you. God causes all things to work together for our good. Romans chapter 12, verses four through six, it says this, just as our bodies have many parts. If you look at your body, you look at my body, it has many parts. And each part has a special function. Every part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. Catch this. And we all belong to each other. If you, do, if you miss everything else today, catch this revelation. We all belong to each other which means that your gifting and your ability that God placed on the inside of you belongs to everybody else in the church and this person's gifting belongs to everybody else and my gifting belongs to, and your, everybody's gift belongs to the other people that are in the body of Christ. Why? Because we are better together. We will work flawlessly together when we begin to understand God's plan for our life. It goes on to say this. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. Uh, um, it says we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Verse number six, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. He's given us different gifts for doing certain things well. You know, I, one of the things that I have always struggled with is I always have a desire to have somebody else's gift. Have you guys ever done that? You, ever, you guys ever seen somebody that's really good at something and you think to yourself, I wish I could do that? Am I the only one? Do you know why we go to be entertained? Because we're going to watch somebody else in their gift. When you go to the movie, you're going to watch an actor in their gift. When you go to a concert, you're going to watch someone sing in their gift. When we go to be entertained, we're going to watch other people because it's amazing to us. We can enjoy it. We can get something out of it because we can see something awesome on the life of somebody else. Now, I have told you guys this many, many times. Man, it is my desire to be able to sing half as good as Justin. Like, what if right now I could just walk back to that keyboard, start playing a song, and start singing? Wouldn't that just wreck y'all? It would wreck me. And trust me, it would be a train wreck in here. What is it? 
Don't try to be somebody else's gift. Figure out who God made you to be. Begin to realize that you are the best you that is around. Don't try to be somebody else. Try to be the best version of yourself that God made you. And your life, your life will begin to make sense when this begins to happen. So here's God's plan for us. I'm gonna break it down for you in four things and I'm gonna kind of help you understand how the church delivers these things. Because maybe you're sitting there thinking, man, I, I, I feel like I know a little bit, but something's missing. I don't really know. The premise of what I'm about to tell you is that everybody needs to be on this journey somewhere. The plan that God has for you, you need to be in that plan working and moving forward in a next step somewhere. Ephesians chapter one, verse 17 through 18, this is the apostle Paul again. This time he's praying. And he's praying for the people of the church of Ephesus, but he's also praying for you and I. And this is what he says. He says, I ask that we ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent, catch this, and discerning in knowing him personally. So Paul's prayer is, listen, here it is. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, these things I'm gonna pull out of this verse, I can take you right back to right now to the Passover dinner that the, that the Jewish people do every single year. It's got these four things in it. If you go back to when the children of Israel were delivered out of Israel, it's got these four things in it. If you look in the New Testament church right here, what Paul is praying, it's got these four things in it. I'm telling you, in every single life change of someone doing something great for God, it's got these four things. This, this process, this mission is there. So it says this, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes, catch this, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly, not like part of it, not, not like close to it, so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who put our trust in him. Endless energy, boundless strength. Do you know that whenever we begin to get in God's, in God's relation, in relationship with God, we begin to follow after him, he begins to empower us, catch this, empower us with the Holy Spirit to be able to do the things that he's calling us to do. So number one, let's talk about these four things again. Number one is to know God. To know God. Everybody say know God. To know God personally, and relationally, we just came off of 21 days of prayer. The idea behind the 21 days of prayer is that you would, you would spend some time with, with God every single day. We do that so that you can create a pattern. If you do it for three weeks, it creates a pattern in your life, and you can continue throughout the rest of the year getting up and spending time. We're trying to help facilitate your relationship with God, to know him personally and relationally. Verse 17 says it this way, I ask... I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the, glory, uh, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. How does the church do this? How does the church give opportunity for people to know him personally? Well, there would be many ways 
But the predominant way, the intentional way that we do this is on Sunday morning. Right now, you are sitting in a worship experience that is designed, okay? It's designed for us to be able to come together and to worship our God, but it is also designed for someone to come in here that may not know very much about God to be able to open up their heart and say, I need God in my life. And maybe you know a about God, but you don't have relationship, this, this service, what we do on Sunday mornings is designed to be able to bring you to that place where you can be in an intimate relationship with the Lord. So how does the church do this? Sunday services. And let me just say this, we are about transformation, not information. I'm not standing up here to give you the best scriptures that I, I found this week. I'm up here because the scriptures that I found actually have a power that backs them up that when you hear them, it creates faith on the inside of you. And if you begin to understand if I step out and act on that faith, my life can begin to change. So we're not here just to give you information. This is not where you, this is not Wikipedia. This is not the, how many of y'all still got encyclopedias in your house? Oh, let's go. All right. This is not that. This is not just information. This is a life-changing power through a God that loves you and cares about you and wants to have an intimate relationship with you. Number two, the second thing that God wants you to, to have is to find freedom. God's plan for you is to find freedom. Find freedom from what? From your past. Whether you know it or not, there are some things in your past that you're probably holding on to. There are some thought processes that you formed about your, from your past that are actually uh, navigating your life right now. And God is saying to you right now that if you will give me a chance to come in and to really tell you who you are instead of letting the world and the situation and the stuff you grew up in tell you who you are, if you'll begin to let me tell you what your true identity is, I'll begin to set you free from things that have, that have held on to you. You know, this is one of the things, I, I don't talk about this a whole lot, but I'm just going to say it here. You know, I, you know, lots of people ask about the, the whole, um, you know, past about different things in your life. You know, one of the things that's in my life was alcoholism, not my, me personally, but in my family. And it was there and it was, it was prevalent, it was like very, very strong. Like both of my grandfathers were alcoholics. Like I, have, I had a grandfather, had a stroke, went to the hospital. He's 80-something years old. They, they wouldn't, they, of course, they wouldn't bring him his whiskey. They wouldn't bring him his drinks. So he, he got some green rubbing alcohol and drank the rubbing alcohol in the hospital. And I think to myself, if that's, who the world says I am, I don't want to be that. I want to be who the sun sets free is free indeed. I, I, I don't want to be bound up by some of the things that were around me when I was a child. I want, to be, I, want, I want God to tell me who I am. And when I begin to understand and realize that, man, God began to say, listen, I got a plan and a purpose for your life. I grew up because of the insecurities that I had. I stuttered. Bad. I mean, I was one of those kids that stuttered that you wanted to kind of slap them on the back of the head. Like, get it out, man. I'm not talking about two or three times. I'm talking about I would stutter for 30 seconds before I got something out. 
It was in speech therapy. I couldn't say certain consonants and vowels. Why? Because of the situation I grew up in uh, just allowed me to go inside and never really develop those things because I, was, I had a, a very low self-esteem. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Do you know the enemy always attacks you where God wants to use you the most? So one day, he's like, no, I got a plan for this kid. I'm, I'm, you're talking about the kid from the broken home with the alcoholics in the family that grew up in, in, in a trailer house and didn't really, really have you know, much going on in his life that stuttered and couldn't really talk. That's the one you're going to choose to use. I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you right now, if he can use me, he can use anybody. He can use anybody to find some freedom from your past. Your eyes focused and clear is what the verse says. James 5, 16 says it this way. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So I began to realize that I could open up to other believers. Don't just open up to anybody. Open up to other believers that are, that, that are, that are trying to help you in your life. I could open up to other believers, begin to process through things. I could begin to confess my sins one to another. And then, then we could pray for each other. And all of a sudden, I started getting healed from some of these things. And I started walking out my freedom. All right, so now he is in relationship with me. I found some freedom from my past. How does the church accomplish this? The church does this by our small groups. We're about to launch our, our fall small groups, and we have some different ideas of how to, you know, meet uh, everyone's needs the best way that we can, and we're, we're not a perfect church, but we're trying to figure it out so that we can accommodate and facilitate as many people as we possibly can. I'm telling you right now, my small group, they don't even like to stop meeting. My guys, man, they're like, man, if, if we stop meeting, we're going to really need each other next time we get back together. You know what I'm saying? Like, like man, we, we got we to get down. We got to sit down and talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to open up. We got we to pray for each other. I'm struggling because of this going on. And I'm struggling because, and so we sit down and we don't just sit there and talk about all the bad stuff. We, we, we open up about the bad stuff so that we can pray for each other to a God that has the power to change the situation. It's called Freedom. Freedom from your past. The church delivers this. Remember, it all takes place in the New Testament in, in, in the church. The church delivers this in our small groups. I would encourage you to get into a small group. I have a goal that I've laid out before the team, and I know it's just a number, but I've laid out a goal of 50 small groups this semester because I understand it is the lifeblood of our church. The life change happens in the context of relationship whenever we sit in circles, not whenever we sit in rows. This gives you the opportunity right now to be able to hear the, 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 the word of the Lord and be able to bring yourself to a place of decision so that you can begin to have a relationship with the Lord. These are, these are things to encourage you. Sunday mornings are super important, but I'm telling you right now, life change is going to happen in your life whenever you get together with other believers that are saying, me too. Now let me pray for you. You pray for me. I'm struggling with this. You're struggling with that. Let's find out what the word of the Lord, word of the Lord has to say, and let's get some freedom and deliverance in our life. I'm preaching way better than y'all are amening today. With my, my, my adolescence voice. Number three, so that you can discover purpose. Once you get some freedom, what are you going to do with all your time? 
You've been living your life trying to figure out how to get rid of that thing for 20 years. What are you going to do now? Have you ever thought to yourself, like, what possesses a couple like Scott and Kelly at 45 years of age to start a church? A portable church where we got to, like, set everything up. Hey, you know what sounds like fun? Let's get up at 5 a.m. every Sunday. Bring a bunch of stuff up here and just see if somebody will show up. That's, have you ever thought to yourself, like, what possesses a couple to do that? Purpose. When God says, I want to use you to help somebody else. And they'll get some help here on their personal life. They'll get some help on this side of eternity. But I'm calling you to help them on the other side of eternity. I'm calling you to help them understand that I've put something on the inside of them. And it's called their purpose. So discover the purpose that God has for you. Verse 18 says it this way. So that you can see exactly what it is that he's calling you to do. You may say, Pastor Scott, I know, but you're like in the full-time ministry and you do this full-time and we all have jobs and we gotta go, we gotta go to work. I get it. You need to be out in the marketplace because there's lots, so many people that are outside the walls of this church that may never come inside here and they need you. You need to be the hands and the feet of Jesus letting people know how good God has been in your life. Discover your purpose, beginning to see exactly what he's calling you to do. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. We're all a part of it, guys. Let me just say this. How does the church do this? How, how the church does this is what we call growth track. Everybody's like, man, I hear you talk about growth track all the time. What is growth track? Growth track, if you will, is a class. It is, basically we do it twice a month on the first and the third Sunday of every month. You show up like at eight or 8.15, you get some breakfast, you come to the Dream Team Rally, and then you, you go and you basically watch a video of me explaining about the church. And then there's, listen though, but all of that is informational. But then there's a piece in there that turns the information into transformation. And we give you an assessment. We begin to ask you some questions. And in this assessment, it will begin to reveal to you, I'm telling you, it is dead on of what your spiritual gift is. And all of a sudden, then we will begin to say, okay, the, this assessment says that you are gifted in this area. Does that make sense to you? You're like, man, yeah, I've always had eyes for that. Well, now that we begin to identify what your giftings are, instead of us just asking you to do something random, telling you to do something random, what if we discover what that, what that gift is and we begin to use that in the body of Christ, in God's house, in the church, to begin to move things forward together? I'm telling you, we can change the world together whenever we know what our giftings are. You can see exactly what he's calling you to do. We don't want to recruit volunteers. We want to discover people's gifts. <laughs> We're not trying to recruit volunteers. Oh, Lord, you know, church ain't going to get set up. Y'all don't get up at 5 a.m. and get up here. Now, we're not the church that's barely getting by. We're the church that is raising up people to know their gift and to say, God's called you to greatness. God's called you to destiny. God's called you to be a part of something bigger than yourself. What if we all came together and begin to understand what our purpose is? We can change the world together. I'm not supposed to be preaching hard today. Why do y'all let me do this? Number four. 
make a difference so that ultimately you can make a difference in the life of others. Your life on this earth will never, catch me, I'm just laying it out there today, will never make sense until you begin to change and use your gifting to help the life of somebody else. You say, Pastor Scott, I'm so overwhelmed by that thought. That's why God says, don't do it by yourself. Do it with a group of believers. He calls it the church. Get connected to the church. Every single thing that any one of us does makes a difference in eternity. (laughs) You're not just changing a diaper in the nursery. You are providing an opportunity for a parent to come in here and figure out that God has a plan for their life. You're also allowing that child a few minutes to be able to watch a video and to be able to have some interaction, be able to get a Bible story so they can begin to understand and learn that God has a plan for their life too. Like some of us are starting as adults, what if we do this long enough, generation after generation, where we begin to raise up kids back there that know what I just told you? Make a difference in the life of others. Verse 18, grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, endless energy, boundless strength. First Peter 4.10 says it this way. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So he's saying it right here. God's given you all a gift Use them well to serve one another. How does the church do this? How does the church deliver this part of the plan? We do it by our dream team. Say, what exactly is dream? Dream team is, remember the word I don't like, volunteer? It's the group of people that come together and say, I have a God-given purpose. I'm gonna do what God's called me to do. I'm gonna be fitly joined together so that God can use me to change the life of somebody else. And here's the crazy thing. We're going to have more than one story video. Stories are going to come in so quickly and so fast that we're going to have to be able to tell these stories so that you can see that every single thing that you do is making a difference in the life of somebody else. It's a powerful, powerful thing. So I want to invite you to come to team night tonight. If you're not part of the church, maybe you've never been connected to the church, you've been thinking about it, but you're like, man, I need to get that figured out. I just want to encourage you, tonight, come to team night, 5.30. At the very least, we're going to have a whole lot of fun, and we're going to get some good food. But maybe, just maybe, God would get you connected, and you begin to say, man, I want to join that team because they really are making a difference in the life of people. See, the vision for this is not just for this week or this month or this year. We started this church. We bought that property. We're doing all that to build a building out there. Not so we can have a building. Not so we ain't got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. So that there will be a beacon of light of people for this generation to the next generation to the next generation long after I'm gone. High Point Church is still going to be standing. But it's going to be built off the understanding that God has a plan for your life. And when you begin to understand that, it'll begin to change everything. Dream Team Night tonight at 530. Here's the last thing I'll say. How many of you guys ever been at a light before? There's one car in front of you. The light turns green and the people don't go. 
How many of y'all just lay on the horn? First of all, don't even raise your hand because I can probably point to you right now. I know which one of y'all lay on the horn. You know what's polite though is they really want to go. They're just looking at their phone. Here we go. Beep, beep. Not beep. Guns coming out. It gets crazy. Beep, beep. They look up and they take off. I'm your pastor and today I'm giving you a little beep, beep. Quit, quit sitting at the light. God's got something for all of us to do. Come on, get on the team. Come see what we're doing and watch God begin to fulfill your life. Let's pray. If you don't mind, bow your head, close your eyes. I'd like everybody to say this prayer with me. Everybody say, Father, thank you for loving me. God, I love you. I care about you. God, thank you for your plan for my life. I say today that I want to be in relationship with you. That Jesus, you're my Lord and you're my Savior. Help me, God, in my life to follow after you. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer, maybe, it was, maybe you're getting your life right with God. Maybe you're saying yes to God for the first time, or maybe you just kind of rededicated your life right then in that prayer. If that's you, just raise your hand up so the Lord can see your hand. Raise it up and pull it right back down. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Thank you very much. Thank you. Now I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you right now, God, for each person that raised their hand. God, we rejoice and celebrate with them. But God, we also pray for every single person here. God, help us right now, God, to be able to really understand your plan for our life. God, help each one of us to identify what our next step is. God, I thank you that we would be really got a church, God, where we begin to really help people step into their God-given giftings and callings. God, I thank you right now, God that you'll begin to just show them exactly what to do in their spiritual journey. We thank you for that right now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us. If you've been encouraged by our ministry, we would love for you to like, subscribe, and share this video. If you'd like to help us to continue spreading the message of Jesus all around the world through giving, or you'd like more information on our Sunday services, you can visit us online at myhighpointchurch.com or you can follow us on social media at myhighpointchurch.